I ran across this uh, story here about uh, that there really is an illustration to me of the love of God that we've just been singing about, a powerful one. Um, this uh, building is what, uh, in the middle of the uh, rescue and actually cleaning up this building that collapsed on itself in China. It was in October, actually, a combination of poor construction techniques and a whole lot of rain that the, the area got. 22 people died in this uh, collapse and five, six uh, survived. One of them that survived was this little girl and who's carried out by rescued workers who was found 12 hours after the, the building initially um, collapsed. She was one of the, the, the five or, or six. But she was found in the arms of her father in the midst of the rubble. Um, you can see him there, and, and he, you can imagine, you know, just imagine what happened in that kitchen. They were in their kitchen when this happened. As the, the building starts to shake and starts to fall, you can just imagine the, the dad and an, an instinct from within that probably is tied to the, the depth of eternal love flows from God through him that just an instinct just grabs his daughter and holds her as everything else is crumbling around and demonstrating that that divine love that sacrificial love demonstrating what what Christian love is when you you act for the good of another and, and the, the best that you know how you're going to act for the good of another, even if it costs you, even if it hurts you, even if it kills you, which is what happened to this dad. You, 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 can't, you may not be able to see in the picture, but there, there's, you can just see the hair of his daughter and his, uh, uh, the leg of his daughter in his embrace as the building crumbles. He's killed by all that happens, but his daughter is found alive because of his act of love and and yet this is what love is it's not at its heart it is not a feeling it's not an emotion it's not a romance and I've, I've been called by many an unromantic and you're probably right um, I'm true there's a great place for romance and I'm learning um, that and uh, but Love is about an action for the benefit of another, even when it hurts us. And that is, this is a human illustration of the deep, deep love of God for you and for me. And it's a crazy love that the one of all power dies for you and me. That, that's the kind of love that it overwhelms the mind and humbles the soul. But that is the core of the message of the Scriptures, the Gospel, the good news, the message of the church. That God loves you and me so much that He died. For you and me. He becomes human, and then on the cross, he takes the full brunt of evil upon himself, protecting us, freeing us to live in love 
in power and in goodness. On the cross, He suffers and dies in the pit of evil in order to destroy evil ultimately and free us from its crumbling, destructive, dying tumble so that we might live in love with God and all of God's children. God, in the the power of His embrace, protects the family. We, together, are united, alive, and free because of His great love. 1 John chapter 3. John says just as much, just as clear, this is God's love that He has given to us. That we should be called children of God and that is what we are. We're not only given a new name, that we are now children of God. We are adopted into the family, but we are made His children. So that that same love that motivated, that instinct for that father, it flows from the, the, the core of the heart of God and His love for His children to grab us together with the power of an embrace that no worldly power can ever destroy. That's the power of the embrace of the love of God who's willing to die for me and for you. That's, it's that power, that sacrificial love that unites us as children of God together, as part of the family, whether or not we like it or not. Whether or not you like the guy sitting next to you, behind you, in front of you, whether you like what they look like, what they do, what, what they hold to, their political commitments, what clothes they wear, how they smell, what they sing, how they sing. It doesn't matter. If they are followers of Jesus, given the gift of the Holy Spirit to come and know Jesus Christ, then they are your brother and sister and they are children of the Most High God and they are in His embrace. And that embrace cannot be broken. That's what being united in Christ means. That's the power that unites us. It's not about our own strategies or abilities or being nice or good or all the rest. It has to do with the power of God that unites us. So it does beg the question, how in the world do we let our petty differences overcome the power of God's embrace? How in the world, throughout our history and today, we can't just blame yesterday. We can blame a lot of yesterday. And yesterday needs some blaming. But even today, how in the world do we let petty divisions like race and ethnicity and class and generation and musical preferences and political commitments... How in the world, in God's name, do we let those things divide us in reality? It's called idolatry. It's that we've made something else more important than God. We've made something else more important than the love of God. There's something else that unites us besides the love of God that calls us together in one family. And and brothers and sisters, it it, it demonstrates all the more that it's not by our capacity that we're going to be united. It is only by the love of God and surrendering to that love. It's only by that love that He can do that. Praise the Lord! He has done that. 
It, it is what is true, and it's what eternally will be true, whether or not we live into it or not. It is what is true. So all the more, therefore, let's live into what we know to be eternal. Let's live into what we know to be true. Let's not waste our times giving petty secondary commitments. Now, those commitments are, uh, using the word petty is relative. It's petty according to the love of God. Compared to the love of God, there is no commitment on earth that, that resembles the love of God. So let's live into putting those things in their appropriate place and letting the love of God unite us. You know, it doesn't take the love of God if we agree. <laughs> you know, if we wear the same clothes and we have the same political commitments, we like the same music, it doesn't take the love of God for us to come together. I mean, think about this. The clan has a common commitment. And that pulls them together. It's only the love of God that brings together people who have different secondary commitments to follow after Jesus. That's the power that God shows. That's the power that we celebrate, that He is bringing us together. Imperfectly, but He is bringing us together. Uh, Dr. Dr. King has a a great quote that he shared in his uh, sermon about loving your enemies, which is a great one. You can go online and get it. It's a fantastic sermon. I mean, he knew a few things about loving your enemies. <laughs> you know, having had his house bombed and his family um, uh, threatened um, and uh, had uh, folks stab him and ultimately take his life. He, loving your enemies wasn't just a good sermon um, uh, for, for, for him. But in, in that sermon, he says, you know, you, you see that the, the power of God at work because we may, we may have all come here on different ships. But today, we are in the same boat. We may have come. Some of us here came on ships like the Mayflower. You know, we're, we're, we, were, we're, we were coming on this journey to a, a promised land that, that would give us freedom, that would give us opportunity. Others, others of us, as we look in our background, we, we came here on ships more like the Amistad, where in shackles and in chains we came to a a land that actually was our Egypt that oppressed us and enslaved us. But it is the power of God that brings people that come from such different ships and pulls us into the same boat that is called the Church of Jesus Christ. That's what we celebrate today in the love of God. For it is only the love of God that will unite us to Him and to one another. And there is no, there is no movement, there is no separation between those two. There is no love of God that only unites us with God. There is only a love of God that unites us with God and one another. That is the power of the love of God. There is no nation that unites us. It, it, we're, we are not going to be united by America. We're not going to be united by being Ohioans. We're not going to be united by being um, uh, uh, in, in Cincinnati, by our common heritage. We're not going to be united by... Our, we're not going to be able to pay for it. We're not going to be able to, to, to make a, a science experiment that makes that work. We're not going to be able to do anything to make that kind of unity together except for the love of God. 
Now, all those other, all those other things are nice. They are, they're, they're bonds that, that we can find together, but those things are like you know, rubber bands. You know, rubber, rubber bands, they're, they're sort of, they'll hold us together for a little bit, but in time, they're going to break. But it's only the empowered embrace of the love of God that will unite us today and forever. I sort of got emotionally involved in that uh, first part. And, and you might be asking, and rightly so, saying, wait a minute, where's the, where's the text on that one? Where's the text on that one? Well, we'll, we'll get there. It's in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. And we'll see that it is that love of God that you, unites us. That love of God that's evident on the cross and that is real in our lives. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for your written word. Uh, Thank you as it speaks to us of your truth. Thank you for your living word that is alive within us, that enables us to follow and to live into it. So we, we pray, Lord, that your word will not only be something we know in our head, but that we know and live in our soul, in our minds, and in our bodies. We surrender to the powerful, uniting love of God. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right. Um, First John chapter four, starting with verse seven, uh, page nine ninety one in your in your pew Bible. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Now you can see this beloved twice in this passage, and it means loved ones. You know, you are the loved ones. You know, as, as we sing, as we sing, you know that you know that, that, that God's love for us is so great. That means that that same, we we have to receive that love. We have to know that love. It has to be real in us before we can share it with one another. If you're trying to do it out of your own human means, if you're if you're trying to love others that are different than you, love others that you don't like, it's not going to happen unless the love of God is real within you. It, it might happen for a moment. But it's not going to happen for the long haul. But uh, th- th- notice, th- this, this is, we're called to love one another because God is, is love and that it, it demonstrates that we are born of God and that we know God. You know, it, it, it demonstrates, I mean, this is another way where it says we're born from above or we're born again and it demonstrates itself in that love. If we truly are born again, this love will show through us. And, and it may be that this love doesn't show through us that we're not born again. Yeah, that's a harsh word, but you'll, that's what he says, especially later on. But it, 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 ta- it takes that kind of regeneration, that renewal that only God can give us so that we can love in this way. And, and it only happens when we know God. And by knowing God, that, that's the biblical sense of knowing. It's not a knowing in the head. It's a knowing with the soul. It's an intimacy. It's the same knowing that Adam knew Eve and they had children. It's that kind of knowledge that we're talking about with, with God. And, and, and one of the things that, that you, you need to see here, that if, if you, you see in yourself, yeah, I really don't love other people, don't try harder. Don't try to become more loving. Don't read a self-help book. What you need to do is go hang out with God. 
That's what, you, that's what we need to do. If we find ourselves characterized more by hate, we, more by distrust, more, more, more by separating ourselves from people that are different than us or people we don't like, we, we don't need to just try harder. The first thing we've got to do is hang out with God. We, we, because He is love. All right, ver, verse 8. Verse 8. God's love was... I'm sorry, go back. I'm sorry, you were right, um, Barry. Thank you. Um, Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. See, you see that God is... It's not that that God just shows us how to love, or He he can um, give a a real good seminar on it, or that, that He created love. It's not even that He created. Love is not created. Love is the very essence of God. There is no way for God to not love. Even His discipline is an act of love. I mean, this this is who God is. So that's why if God is love, then you just got to hang out with God, spend some time in the Word, spend some time in, in, in prayer, talking to God, wrestling with God, spend some time with other people who are small group who are following Jesus together, spend some time there engaging with God and being overrun um, with the very love of God in, in, in worship. Uh, be, be overwhelmed by the love of God. It's a good thing to be overwhelmed with the love of God because if it's true the love of God, then it never can stay with you. It always must go out because He is love. So you can't pull this off on your own. We just can't do that. It's, that's why, why we have a prayer instead of a mission statement more. Why we say, Lord, help us connect with one another in Jesus no matter our differences because it's not going to be something that we can, this is where we're headed. We're going to accomplish this. It's only something that we can say, Almighty God, you got to make it happen in me and in us because He and He alone is love. All right, now, next Next uh, passage. So God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. So so again, it, it is amazing truth, an overwhelming love that God became human in order to die. That, that he, his, his love, like that Chinese father, grabs his people together in his arms and dies to protect us from the crumbling world around us and the crumbling world within us. That's the love of God. That sacrificial love that forgives our sins, that secures our forgiveness, that that wipes us clean, that makes us righteous in the face of God. It is pure grace. There's nothing that you do, nothing that I do that accomplishes that. That is the love of God. He is not only is love, He is the first lover. He initiates all love. He's the one that does it. And we respond. We receive. That's why it's not something we can develop on our own. 
only something that He can create in us. It is the love of our Heavenly Father for us. All right, last last part of the then Beloved. So again, being the loved ones. You are the loved ones. And again, if, if, until you first come there, until you first grasp that God loves me so, so much, that as, as we do every Sunday, we confess our sins, and God forgives us and wipes us clean, takes our sins as far as the east is from the west. Until we first grasp that, we're just not going to be able to then respond with grace to others. But that's... That's the movement. As you've received love now, you ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, then God lives in us and His love is perfected in us. Whoa. as, As God loves us and as through us He loves one another and He holds us together in His embrace, protecting us from evil, destroying evil around us, then we love one another. That demonstrates the very presence of God and His life in us to the world and His love is perfected in us, in you. In you, as you love one another, as we cross over the worldly divides that have divided us in the power of the love of God, we are perfecting. Which really, another translation, we are completing. We are demonstrating the very purpose of the love of God. You know, I I used to think that, you know, our love for one another is sort of a nice byproduct of the love of God for me. You see, I sort of wanted to keep His love for me. You know, I, I didn't necessarily want to know what the responsibilities of that love were for me. I just wanted to keep it. And if I love one another, that's a nice byproduct. You know, a nice consequence of that love. No. I mean, do you, you hear the, the meaning? The, the, it's as if the love doesn't exist in me if I don't love you. And if you don't love me. That's its very purpose. Is for it to be demonstrated in us. And what that, what that means then for us is that we intentionally cross over barriers. We, we intentionally step over walls and walk through the rubble in order to engage with people that normally we wouldn't like or normally we wouldn't hang out with or people maybe that we don't even like or that we don't trust even now. We intentionally walk over these barriers so that we can engage with them because that is the power of the love of God. It cannot. The love of God cannot reside in me and me stay in my safe little place right here in this box. In that same sermon um, uh, uh, about loving your enemies, um, Dr. King talks uh, about uh, and challenges his church in terms of, of loving his enemies, of loving their enemies, of loving the people that were against them. And, and he says in there, you know, we, and of course this is in the you know, early 60s, late 50s, you know, 50, 60 years ago, just 50 or 60 years ago, um, back when, you know, church segregation was sort of the way it was. And People sort of wanted it that way. And they fought for it even. And what um, uh, Dr. King was leading the church at Dexter Avenue and saying, you know, we are going to fight segregation 
with everything in our being. We will fight segregation because it is unjust and more importantly it is against the love of God. But we will never, we will never hate. We will always love the segregationist. We will pursue relationships and fellowship and understanding with the segregationist in the love of Christ. So in in the church, it's not just one that we say, well, let's pursue being united. It's a good thing. It's a nice thing if it happens. It is a necessary element of the gospel itself that we pursue being united in Jesus no matter our differences. He went on to say, because in the end, in the end, we know we have the victory. We know we have the victory. We know what heaven looks like. We know there is no segregation in heaven. We know God is not a segregationist. We know that's over. We don't want just one victory. We want the double victory. We, we want not only for there to be no segregation, but we want there to be no segregationists. And so at the end, we don't want just us be there together and other people to agree with us, but we want the people who disagree with us now to be with us in that day. That will be the double victory. We will have obliterated our enemies because we will have loved them to make them our friends. That's the Christian way of loving our enemies in pursuing the double victory. So where are you, you know, right, right now? How's that, that love of God flowing through you? Who are the folks around you that you hate or dislike or distrust or people you have fear or, or over, over um, come with, with um, uh, fear about them? Um, maybe... Maybe um, it, it's uh, you, you just need to hang with God for a little bit. You know, maybe you just need to, to own that, that hatred or distrust or, or that dislike. You know, and and it, it, it can be for people who are really doing bad things. You know, I mean, it, it, it could be that you know, for you folks who are red, it could be the blue. For you folks that are blue, it could be the red. You know, and, and you have serious disagreements with them. And I'm here to tell you, if blue and red is greater than the love of God, then you're practicing idolatry. I don't want to dispel the differences and the seriousness about them, but if they're greater than the love of God, then you're committing idolatry. And so it may just be there. Maybe you just need to go hang out with God and say, you know, I really don't like this person. I don't like what they said. I don't like how they acted on Facebook or in my face or wherever it was. You know, but you can just go hang with God with that. Just, just say, this is it. Give Him your hate. You know, he can handle it. You know, he, he's taken the full brunt of evil. And it, it, it's, as Solzhenitsyn said, you know, it's, it, the, the line between good and evil goes between every human heart. I think it was Solzhenitsyn who said that. If not, that sounds sort of impressive, doesn't it? Yeah, Solzhenitsyn, yeah. It was one of them Russian gods. And, but... The, the, the line of good and evil goes between your heart and my heart. So we're in denial if we're saying there's not some of that in us that we need to give, we need to, give to God. 
And it may be that that's just been so denied and so pushed back that you've been taught, well, you just don't let that out. Well, don't let that, well that's true, but you let it out to God. Maybe that's what, what, what you need um, to do. You just need to hang with Him, as, uh, as I said. And if, whether it's in prayer, whether it's reading in His Word, or whether it's in time of, of worship, or with a small group of real trusted friends, be able to share that and pray for one another. It might even be in the counseling center. And to really unpack that and let that, let that go. Some, just some significant time of healing prayer, or theophostic prayer, whatever it might be. Others, others may want to to love, but you're scared. And, and it's just time to, to do it. It's time just to act on faith, to be involved in, in ministry here, things like woven and women's ministry that is designed for all, all women from 13 to 113. Or Ignite with the men's ministry that is designed for men um, of all types, shapes, and sizes to come together. Or maybe with the multi-ethnic conversations. Or maybe it's just simply to to take a a brother or sister to lunch and say, what my focus is, I just want to understand you. I want to understand where you're... We may not agree on anything, but I at least want to understand where you're coming from. Is the love of God the most powerful force in your life and in the world or not? If it is, then that's the direction we all have to be going. We all have to be moving in that direction of being united in Jesus because God's got us. And we're, we're fools not to go along because we know that is our reality in eternity. We are united in the powerful love of God that is greater than any divisive force we can imagine or create. I don't care if it's nuclear fission or fusion or both combined. The powerful embrace of God will not divide us. That is the strength and unifying force, the glue of the blood of Jesus and the power of the resurrection. Amen.